welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market. I'm Damien Ratcliffe and each week Open House will bring you an expert with experience in this current Geelong market to help you make your next property purchase and our next guest is Liz McRae from Low Market, a family owned mortgage broker business in Ryrie Street. Liz, welcome to Open House. Thanks, Damien. I thought it would be important to get a mortgage broker on the podcast to discuss the finance side of the buying game, which is fair to say has become a lot more complicated in the last six months. Absolutely. We've certainly seen so many changes in the market in the last, well, last few years, particularly in the last few months. So, yeah, it's certainly getting tighter and more important to get advice from someone professional, I'd say. Sure. The Royal Commission's really sort of changed the or change the mindset of mortgage brokers. Is that something you guys discuss, um, the results out of the out of the Royal Commission? Oh, look, I don't think um, the Royal Commission's really changed the mindset. Um, certainly there's, you know, I've been a lot of talk about it, so it's put a lot spotlight on the industry. So I think more people are thinking, oh, what's a mortgage broker do? And so in a way it's driving business to us. Yep. Um, for us, we're probably, you know, not just business as usual, Keep moving on, keep yep. looking after our clients, and you know that's the main thing for us. Sure, and APRA sort of tightened the lending restrictions, so I'm, so, I'm sure you're seeing it's harder and harder for people to get loans and, and the paperwork. You know, there's more and more paperwork now than there probably was 12 or, or 24 months ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, certainly a greater spotlight on things like interest only lending, um, customer living expenses, all that sort of thing. So, certainly the amount that people can borrow now compared to you know six to 12 months ago is less, and I think it's just continuing to be less. So certainly more um, scope for us to be checking out other banks. So every bank will lend a different amount to the same client, so hence why it's good for us to be able to look around at other banks. Sure, so how many clients would you see a week or a month, or do you quantify how many, how many um, I guess, mortgages you're setting up every, every month or year? Um, yeah, geez, it varies. Um, a lot of clients now we find are having conversations over the phone every day with particularly yep. first home buyers thinking, what can I do? Um, one of the things that I love to do is chat to people probably, you know, 12 months to two years before they're actually ready to buy sure. to make sure that they, they are ready um, and they know exactly what to do and so that when they find a house, they can put their hand in the air um, and feel confident. So, yeah. Is your borrowing calculator coming out with lower numbers or do you look at it now and say we have to be a bit more conservative in this market as far as what, what someone's borrowing power might be? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the, the bank's calculators are certainly tighter. So, you know, we definitely have to, um, yeah, reduce people's expectations. Hence another reason to speak to a broker early. Um, before you start looking, there's nothing worse than starting to get your heart set on properties that are well out of out of your range. So, yes. Look at it early, and uh, we can definitely let you know where you need to be looking. Yeah. So, have clients sort of come to you and said, "Oh, look, this this time six months ago, you know, I had borrowing power of eight hundred, and, and now it's come back at seven fifty, that sort of thing." Ah, yeah, plenty. Yeah, definitely, plenty of that. Um, existing clients that yeah, we might have spoke to a year ago, six months ago. Um, you know, they're still out there looking, and then sort of our job is to sort of keep reassessing and saying, well, you know, hang on, this is this is possibilities now, or we're going to have to move banks because you know we can do something better with with this other bank. So yeah, certainly it's a big part of our job. Sure, first home buyers, uh, family guarantor loans. I reckon they've probably tightened up a bit because I tried to go through one, and NAB said that I uh, couldn't get a family guarantor loan because I already owned a property. 
Um, I know Suncorp said it couldn't get a family guarantor loan because mum still lived in the house. So are you seeing those sort of changes as well? Uh, yeah, family guarantee loans, again, it's different per bank. So that's yeah. why we need to look around. Um, obviously, the banks want to make sure that they're not putting the, the guarantor into any um, situations that they <laughs> shouldn't be in. Certainly something we can still do. So it is a great way to get into the market if, you, if you, you know, you've got the good income but you've struggled with the savings. So it is something we can still do, but um, yeah, some banks like it more than others, I'll say. <laughs> sure. What, and you mentioned savings. So how, yeah. how deep are banks looking into what people are spending on? <laughs> That's probably one of, the, um, one of the big things at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, so bank, um, sorry, banks basically want to have three months worth of your bank statements. Some banks want every single account you've got. Others just want where your pay goes into. Um, it's important to remember that is a reflection of who you are financially, how you spend your money. Um, Afterpay, zip pay, you've got to think what, you know, what does it say about you to the bank? You, you want it now and want to pay later. Um, so after pay is a really big red flag for the banks? Yeah, it's, you just have to remember it hits your credit file and it reduces your borrowing capacity. So if you, if you think you know, you're going for your first house, you might have minimal deposit, You've got all these afterpay transactions. The bank might be thinking, "Oh, you know, I'm not not quite sure about this person." So you've just got to think, you you know, it's best behaviour. Your bank accounts are really really putting you on show. So yep. it, it's everything's under a microscope, basically. I'm sure moment. credit cards would be too. That yes. that'd be a big thing. Yeah, so pretty much any any debt. So credit cards, personal loans, car loans, anything like that is going to. One, hit your credit file. Two, reduce your borrowing capacity. So you basically need to have the income coming to support those debts plus the mortgage that you want to take on. Um, a lot of people, I suppose, don't, don't realise that. Um, and also, the more other debts you're paying off, the harder it is to save to get your deposit to get into your house. So yeah, sure. Certainly, um, a, lot, a lot of people come to me wanting to buy their first house, but you know they're struggling with their savings because they've got a personal loan, a car loan, Two credit cards yeah. and you know two zip pay after pay accounts. So you know that's that's yeah. what the banks are looking at basically. A gift from mum and dad's not going to do it, is it? You have to actually prove that you can pay back the loan and and still have some money left over. Yeah, a combination of uh, of both. So we can, um, depending on how big the gift is, I'll yeah. say. <laughs> um, yeah, we you still need if you've got all those other debts, you still need to have enough income to support them plus the new loan. So the gift will help, but it's not going to, you know, generally get you over the line all the time. Sure. Renters sort of have a little bit of an advantage in that they can prove to the bank that that rental money that they're spending can go towards a mortgage. It's sort of a, a savings plan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, some banks will say, all right, you've got the gift from mum and dad. That's great. But then we can also see that if you weren't paying rent, you could have been saving that money. So, yep. you know, there are banks that will, will look at rent um, in a positive light as well, but you still need to have the contribution as well. It's not instead of. Yeah. Have you seen other things that banks have uh, scrutinised as far as spending? Have you seen someone's gone out and, you know, buying too many coffees or buying too many dresses <laughs> or shoes? Um, yeah, certainly um, interesting behaviours. So basically when we apply for a loan, we ask you to go through your living expenses and it's something that as a broker, we sit down and look at with you, work out where you're spending your money. So when I ask someone you know, what do they spend per month? Generally, they're like, oh, no, I don't buy any clothes. Um, oh, I just make $100 a week for food. But when you're at, when the, like, don't forget the bank's going to get your bank account. So they'll yeah. be like, okay, did you, you didn't declare your gym membership. 
what's this? You know, you didn't declare your Netflix. So yep. it's everything has to be declared. It's all, um, it's all there on show. There's <laughs> no hiding anything. Yep. Um, things like obviously online gambling, betting things that can trip you up as well. Sure. So I'm not talking about, you know, the one betting account near the Melbourne Cup, but if it's a constant thing, the bank's going to have questions about that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, what are some of the other myths? I guess 5% deposit, can people still get loans with 5% deposit or 10% deposits? Um, yeah, certainly there are lenders that will do those higher loans. Um, but again, you know, your income's going to have to be very strong. You may get a, um, a worse interest rate because of that. Um, probably when we're looking at myths in the, the lending space, it's not... What I generally find is that people speak to so many people, everyone has an opinion yeah. about, um, you know, what's the best way to get into the property market and what their situation was. I always just say every situation is different, every bank is different. So I think the myths sometimes come just from talking to all these well-meaning well -meaning friends and family who have a situation that happened to them and like we've just said, it changes so often. So, yeah, um, yeah it's certainly not... So much myths it just changes i suppose in different situations yeah what do people have to know about lmi especially those first home owners that don't have 20 percent saved up yeah so mortgage insurance a lot of people don't even know what it is basically it's an insurance that the bank takes out to protect themselves against the risk of you as the customer defaulting on the loan um so mortgage insurance it doesn't help you the purchaser at all it's purely for the bank but unfortunately, the um, the purchaser has to pay it. So yeah, and if borrowing over eighty percent of the property value, will um, you will incur mortgage insurance? Um, look, sometimes it can be a really hefty amount and puts some people off. For other people, it's well, if I pay that, I can get into the market now. Um, you know, stop paying rent. So it's certainly it's not always a bad thing. And I think people getting majority, I would say, of first home buyers are taking out a loan with some form of mortgage insurance, unless they're lucky enough to have a nice gift from mum and dad or a guarantor. So if you've got a guarantor, no mortgage insurance applies at all. Sure. And even with that mortgage insurance, it, you probably weigh up that if you do pay out that mortgage insurance in two years, the property might raise, you know, three, four times what that mortgage insurance was and you've been able to get into the property market rather than sit back and see yeah. the property market rise and, and go above that yeah. amount. Yeah, I've seen people who've been sitting at home saving, 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 trying to avoid the mortgage insurance. Particularly in Geelong, we know what's happened with property prices in the last few years. Yeah. Had they have jumped in and paid some mortgage insurance initially, um, they would be far better off. Um, but some people just can't handle the idea of paying something that's to be a waste of money at the sure. start so yeah definitely not always wise to try and avoid it interest only loans have been tightened up mm -hmm. um, obviously would you recommend interest only for an owner occupier more so for an investor um, no interest only the main reason that we would do that would be for an investor um, for investment purposes try not to reduce the debt on a um, tax deductible property yep for it's not really common for owner occupiers um, probably back sort of in the past, you might have done it because they were trying to save extra money to go towards a second property. Mm -hmm. That would be the only real reason that we would have would have done those. Um, certainly not, it actually doesn't work out to be all that much cheaper. We would never do it to make the loan more affordable yep. because they probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place anyway. So, you know, and there has been a lot of changes um, 
started like force from the government regarding interest only loans so it's certainly just not something that we're doing as much of that's you you probably need an 80 percent lbr to to get away with an interest only loan at uh, the moment or? It, it went to that for a little while now you can probably go to 90 percent with interest only but again more in the investor space yeah what are your recommendations with fixed versus uh, uh, fixed versus variable? Oh, look, generally um, at the moment we're seeing a lot of the fixed rates sort of dropping. Um, it's sort of it's a personal preference. I generally say to people if if you feel like your budget you need to know an exact amount, um, then fixed is really great, especially if you are just starting out with your first loan, um, having that certainty, and it's awesome. But at the same time. As we've seen with rates, variable rates quite low. Um, it's sort of a question of would you lose sleep if the variable rate dropped even further and you missed out on that? Yeah. So it's you know it's sort of starting to become a bit more popular, I think, to fix loans. Um, but yeah, always up to personal preference. And fix is more restrictive. So are you planning to sell during your fixed period, or do you want to pay off extra? So there's there's always plenty of questions that we have to ask around that. There's plenty of people might say that the, the rate can't get any lower, but <laughs> it, it nearly seems like if you're if you are listening to to those people in the market that the next the next change will be another cut. Yeah, well, I was actually just talking about that the other day with um, a couple of girls in the office. The fixed rates are um, are dropping just yeah just recently, which generally would indicate that you know a cut's coming. That, yeah. Um, you always think the bank's never going to lose, so you just have to read between the lines as to what they're doing. Um, look, I think with when we assess a loan, we always assess people's ability to repay, adding on a couple of percent to the interest rate. Sure. And the banks just default to that. So making sure, looking at repayments, you know, making sure it fits in your budget and would it still fit in your budget if the rates increase. So, yes, yep. it's awesome at the moment. But you always have to think, worst case, what if it was an extra percent higher? Could you still afford the loan? Sure. Worth getting an offset account? Generally, do you have to pay a bit more for an offset account? Or yeah, generally, um, offset accounts will come with on a package with most banks with an annual fee. Um, I always say to people, are you going to have any money in the offset account? Is there going to be anything left over after yep. purchasing your home? Um, if the answer is yes, then generally it's, you know, it's probably worth it. Um, but for some people, it's not worth it. You can get a fee-free basic account. Put your money, extra money, onto the loan. Set it into redraw. Instead, works the same way. You still save your interest, um, and you're not paying the fees of the offset account. Sure, redraws can start getting complicated. I guess when someone's looking to turn that house into an investment down the mm -hmm. track, or, or yeah. buy an investment property, mm -hmm. so that's something they should consider. Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely, yeah. If it, if if the um, yeah property you're purchasing might become an investment, then maybe redraw is not the way to go, and we keep it in the offset, but. These are all part of the conversations that we have just to make sure that it is set up correctly from the start. Sure. What rough numbers as far as interest rate should someone be looking for if it starts with a five? Is that <laughs> is that too high? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Run. <laughs> um, so you probably want something around in the, and again, depends what it's for. Yep. So just owner-occupier rate somewhere in the, you know, high threes, sort of needs to start with a three, definitely. Yeah. Um, and seeing some great investment rates with a three in front of it as well now, um, which we haven't seen for a little while. So, you know, low fours for investment, that's, that's yeah. fine too. Is that even with someone that's maybe got a 92, 93% LVR, they're probably thinking, oh, you know, to get in, there's someone's offering me, 
you know, 5.11% at 95% LVR. Mm-hmm. Oh, that must be the best thing to get in. But, you you know, no, come see a mortgage broker and yeah, you can absolutely. get a lot better deal. I think, um, yeah, we could certainly still in the 95% space get a bit lower than that. Um, you know, it just never hurts to ask the question. Yeah. You know, and, and I always say sometimes if it is a matter of just getting into the market or not, it's not always about the rate. Sometimes it's about, you know, who's going to give me the loan. Um yeah, always ask the question. Sure. One of the Royal Commission recommendations was that people come and pay a fixed fee to, to use your service, but um, do you feel like that's going to have that might have a negative impact on the mortgage broker business? Ideally, you know, the situation it is now, we can come in and speak to a mortgage broker for free and, mm-hmm. and hope that they're doing the right thing and offering us the, the best product available. Yeah, I think um, the thing is if you go to a bank... Um, they actually can't be offering you the best product available because they can only offer you your Their product. own products. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, what we've seen the um, government sort of make some, um, you know, different recommendations and not actually accept some of the changes lately because it's going to reduce the competition in the marketplace which brokers bring. So yeah, I'm not. I don't think that's a, a good model, and yeah, and I don't think it will end up going that way. Are you genuine? Uh, generally, not referring um, clients to the big banks. They're better better deals online, or, or um, some clients no, might. Sometimes that is um, the best option. Yeah. Yep. So certainly, we wouldn't, um, you know, exclude a, a big a big bank just because we might not um, like what they're saying or something like that. It's yeah, always about what's best for the customers um, and yeah, what's the best deal or like I said, who's going to approve the loan? It doesn't. Yep. Which bank we use? It doesn't really come into our mind as to how much we like them yeah. or not if, if that's what you're asking no <laughs> generally to the online lenders generally the online lenders might offer better deals but there'll be scenarios where the big banks are the best option for clients yeah, absolutely it, yeah it comes down to credit policy like i said they're all different so um yeah really we you know we do obviously see a few of the you know the non-big four as well like your bank west your ing me bank all those sorts of ones as well come into the mix but, sure. Yeah. What about those newer ones that are on the market? The, the names that people might not know, the Oswides or the HSBCs. Are there some that you know people should be wary about going direct through them online for? Uh, look, I'm, I don't really know enough, of, I suppose, about the online ones yep. um, to comment. They're not sort of ones that are on on our panel of lenders. We've yep. got about thirty five different lenders on our panel, and yep. they're the, you know they're the ones that um, we stick to. Sure. All right. So someone should come in. There's a fair bit of paperwork to bring in, but make sure you've got. You, what are your tips for them? Make sure they got their spending in order. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, come in, have a chat early on. Never too early. Sometimes people ring me and say, "Oh, I don't have any savings yet. I don't know where to start." I'm like, "That they're the people we really want to speak to." Yeah. Because you know, if we can just say, "All right, based on your income, your income's awesome. Your credit file's great." just need some savings and that, you know, can set some really clear goals. If you save X, you can do this. And then people walk away and they're like, yep, I can do it. And then we see them in 12 months, which goes really quick. (laughs) And um, yeah, we've been able to help plenty of people that way. Really chance to say, you know, your mortgage payment's going to be $300 a week. Mm -hmm. Let's see you putting $300 a week into Mm. a savings account and and live off the rest and show Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can be paying off a mortgage. That's it. If we review their living expenses and go, do you know you're buying like... You know, how many coffees a week or simple things like that. Um, yeah, I feel that we can really help people work out 
how they can save what they need to save and make a make an entry to the market. Sure. Keeping an eye on the Geelong market, property market at all. Do you have any crystal ball <laughs> crystal ball predictions on what the Geelong market might do over the it's, over twenty nineteen? Um, oh, look, I'm probably the wrong person to ask about that. I, you know, I always feel like, wow, that sold for this, and it was this much years ago. Maybe yep. I'm showing my age. Um, you know, certainly we are probably seeing things slow down a little bit. Um, you know, clients are probably able to negotiate a little bit more. Um, we know the lending market is a lot tighter, so that's certainly helping buyers. But um, yeah, I'm not the, probably not an expert on that one. No worries, Liz. Thanks for your time. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.